Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and this must be episode 197. Uh, this is a repeat visit. Uh, Mani Kamalita is the creative director for Tafri, the um, the New Zealand Festival, the Jazz Festival, and this year they launched Second Unit, and also they are behind the Lexus SongQuest. And I spoke to Mani in the middle of the year, and we we got her story and talked about her involvement in festivals over the years and how she's come to New Zealand and moved into this role. Um, but we were also plugging the Jazz Festival, we were previewing that. So this time, it's not about Marnie and who she is, it's about Marnie and what she does. It's about the uh, the Arts Festival, the New Zealand Festival, which happens across February and March of 2020. And um, this year, uh, well next year, this year's festival is... Uh, a new thing, they've got three guest curators. So we talked about that. The most famous big name of the curators is Laurie Anderson. So Marnie was directly responsible for getting her um, to the festival. So we talk about that and we talk about the program. We preview some of the events, talk about some highlights, some of my choices, some of Marnie's, and sort of what goes into creating this amazing festival. There really is some incredible stuff. Um, also, I talked recently with Meg Williams, who's the executive director of Tafri, and um, I'll put that podcast up next year closer to the festival, but just wanted to mention that. I'll include um, a link in the notes to the previous conversation I had with Marnie. The first 20, 30 minutes of that is purely about, I guess, her background, her biography. So if anyone wants to catch up on who she is and what she's done ahead of this role, they can listen to that. But um, yeah, always love a good chat about the arts and, and love catching up with Marnie and talking about this. Some amazing amazing shows Laurie Anderson's doing a bunch of stuff um, Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Concords is, is bringing a lot of stuff to the festival he's responsible for booking some of the musical acts my pick there is Wise Blood I reckon she's made the album of the year pretty much with Titanic Rising so the chance to get to see her play those songs is, is exciting um, yeah just a big old chat about the arts festival so um, enjoy this and you know maybe use this as a guide for um, choosing some of the tickets that you want to buy or that maybe you want to gift for other people for Christmas. Um, but this is me talking again with Marnie Kamalita. Well, I met you in the middle of the year and we talked Jazz Festival. We talked about all of your background, everything that's got you to the position you're in. So I'm going to include a link to that. People can go and listen to the first right. half of that yeah. to find out a bit more about your background. But um, we were previewing the jazz festival and then I pretty much missed the entire festival <laughs> through other work commitments so um, give me a, a quick wrap on it how was yeah. it? It was really fantastic I think what I loved was um, the breadth of styles that we managed to achieve in that headline program across the week um, and what that resulted in was just a really vastly different bunch of audiences rotating through the Michael Fowler Centre. Mm. And we were in the Michael Fowler Centre as mm, well, of it course. First so it that, was first time doing, doing that. And that just felt... Um, it felt epic in a really great way. I think it really lifted the experience, not just for the audience, but for the artists as well. Mm, they mm. really... 
um, they cut, they just kind of filled the space. But Herbie was a dream, yeah. um, and he had such an extraordinary time here. Yeah. So he played for nearly two and three quarter hours, I think, in yeah. the end, off the top of my head. This is going back a few months now. Um, and yeah, he came off stage with such incredible energy, almost the same energy yeah, that he yeah. started with yeah, yeah. three hours before. Which is unreal. Uh, and, and loved it, loved every second of it. And I think the audience, you know, were just eating out of his hand. I, I really appreciated seeing you know, an older artist who's still innovating. So he's mm. still surrounding himself with um, really uh, exciting younger players. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously just, you know, really buzzing off that, bouncing off that that mm. energy um, and creating some really exciting sounds. So he didn't go too, too deeply into mm. uh, the hits, which I thought was great. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was... You know, it was just a real masterful and fresh concert. Mm. Um, and, you know, then we just kind of worked our way through the styles. Ambrose Akinma Siri mm. was a real highlight for me. Yeah, I was gut. That was the one yeah. I was... Because I'd seen Herbie before. Yes. Um, I would have loved to again, but that was the one I was absolutely gutted to he be missing. He was yeah. real gentle. Yeah. Um, you know, a very quiet presence on stage. Mm. But, man, can he play mm. that instrument in mm. a way that I've never really heard before. And I, I heard Ghost Note was fantastic. Ka Katie went amazing. and she just went on a whim. Oh. and said you know did she love yeah, it absolutely yeah. loved it no yeah. it's not I mean that's the sort of music that I play stuff like that in the house and she sometimes enjoys it mm. but it's just not something I think she would go to mm. and choose so that was really cool to hear yeah. she she was blown away That I think that was um, you know one of the best nights for me because I was looking around the audience and thinking you know I haven't seen people like you at the jazz mm, festival mm, before mm, um, yeah. and and everyone was having such a great time yeah. they got people up that and moving that snarky puppy connection absolutely and that, that, that's such an interesting yeah. um, fan base yeah. like how they've permeated yeah. a bunch of different mm. groups Groups. I'm really keen to keep exploring the way that mm. jazz is influencing, uh, you know, new music mm. and new sounds, and bringing that into the jazz festival, yeah, even nice. though it's not conventional. Yeah. And you know that that traditional jazz sound. I think it's really exciting. That has to happen because you know I'm sure we talked about this last time, but jazz on paper is such a dirty word for Isn't so many just? people but when they go and see it and particularly if they go and see something that oh I didn't think that was classed as jazz exactly. that's how you're going to spread yeah. the word and yeah. the scene right like yeah. that's how you because you're always going to the people that know and love jazz mm. they're going to turn up they are they, yes. they're sold they like, appreciate you yeah. know the, the artistry that's right yeah, so they yeah. know and mm. they find out about who's coming yeah. and they're there yeah. but it's about expanding the audience I, I it's agree. about exploring so you do that well so that went well and then you launched the second unit was just after that it was it, yeah. it opened the week after right. the jazz festival I knew it was so crazy it was a little frantic but um again that was um such a delight to see a completely new audience and mm. that was uh very consciously done um from our perspective we wanted to create an immersive 
performance event Mm. Um, and I think that you know artists and companies all over the world are really exploring this idea of uh, instead of bringing an audience into a um, conventional seated theatre space how do we shake that up how do we bring them Mm. into a world um, and really uh, get them uh, active and participating and responding to what's going on around them, which I think people are really loving. Mm. Uh, and so we wanted to find a new audience for that. And we were a little bit anxious about whether it would land a new idea, mm. a new concept. Uh, but we had a three-week run and uh, we uh, got around 6,000 people through, which is just extraordinary. We mm. were so happy with mm. that. And... I think for me, you know, the team around that work, uh, the quality of it was so extraordinary. Um, You know, the the design detail, the the, I think we had about thirty five performers on on that set in that space, and they Mm. were all just so fantastic. Really threw themselves into the conceit, um, and I think. As a team, everyone learnt a lot about making that type of work. And that was something that we wanted to achieve as well. Mm. So, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time. And then it wasn't that long after that (laughs) that you have to start making your announcements that uh, people need to come and hear about the festival. And then the launch was, was... the actual program launch was reasonably recently yes. and I saw you at the end of that. You did a great, great job because you. You, everyone obviously does a great job there doing their speeches, but you had to, that was your payoff for, for the work that yes, you do. That was that's you, true, yeah. Your, your, yeah. It was, but it's sort of also like sitting the big exam, isn't it? Really it really is, yeah. You're up there for yeah. half an hour or so yep. talking through... Yep. Um, semi-justifying <laughs> in a way like yeah. you're selling That's your right. your program of events yeah. that you have overseen mm. and I saw you at the end of that and said great job um, you know do you want to have another chat because I had mm. said to you at the time come back and you said yes I'd love to mm. so so here we are yes. so let's talk through yeah. this program shall we start with the guest curators because that's the new new thing i think it's a really good place to start um, Mm. because it is uh the major change that we've made Mm. to putting the program together Um, and we obviously have thought long and hard about this the new zealand festival of the arts has such an extraordinary and long legacy here um started in 86 Mm. it really was bringing artists through the country who you just wouldn't be able to see uh, Mm. otherwise Mm. um but you know when meg and i started in these roles we sat down and we thought well that whole landscape's changed around us and what does it mean to be an arts festival now Mm. in New Zealand and what do people want um, and how can we take that next step, you know, stretch out again, Mm. challenge people, um, you know, perhaps be the presenter who is doing something that no one else is doing. Um, And so we... We also talked about this idea of bringing people a little bit closer to artists and perhaps being able to gain some insight into the creative brain, um, the creative process. Um, and we decided to invite artists to help us select the program, which is a pretty big jump. Mm. Um, and hugely exciting. Um, we know of 
you know, a handful of other festivals around the world who invite uh, single artists mm-hmm. to take on this role, uh, particularly in the world of music, which you'll yeah. probably like the Meltdown Festival yeah, and stuff is a classic yeah, example yeah. that had all sorts of people. But yeah. you know, back in the day, that's someone right. like David Bowie yeah. put on his program events yeah. or Patti Smith or someone like that. Yeah. Um, they've just announced Grace Jones. Yes, that's at right. South yeah, Bank, yeah, 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 for the next festival. Yeah. So that's that's going to be yeah. crazy amazing Absolutely. to yeah, see, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Totally. <laughs> and live through. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we don't know of any other festival um, who've invited artists to, uh, I guess, select um, a series of works that show a depth to them, their interests, their practice, their, their creative expression. Um, and, you know, we're a three-week festival, so it's it seemed... Uh, in a first step kind of way, it seemed like a natural mm. way to go. Mm. Oh, well, you know, if we're going to uh, ask one artist, then let's ask three. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think what that really reflected for us was the opportunity to bring more voices into the conversation because, um, you know, I really feel strongly, we do, that um, our community is our society is becoming more diverse um, and uh, different groups, different voices are being offered platforms more and more to have a say Mm. um, and to represent. And we felt like it was opening up the conversation. It gave us a chance to uh, offer, um, you know, three artists who cross different genres, Mm, mm. different genders, different ethnicities, Mm. you know, just really try and open up that conversation and open up the possibilities, I guess. And all all three of them are uh, people that don't, yeah, they don't work in any one particular genre only. A lot of artists don't, yeah, yeah. That's right, and more and more so. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know, why pick someone who's only known for doing one thing to be a curator? So you've got these couple of uh, hometown heroes yeah. with, with big international following and yep. appeal and um, mm. ca- you know careers as well yeah. and then uh, the, the big name in terms of a pure international act is linked back to someone who performed in the first festival that's right I really loved that Laurie Anderson was with us here in 1986 performed in the first New Zealand festival and you talk to so many people who remember that mm. concert. Someone said to me, I can't remember who it was, but someone said to me, she came down and sat on the edge of the stage and I just thought it was this extraordinary yeah, moment yeah. that she was connecting in such an intimate and direct way with the audience. And I loved that story. I loved that mm. people had this profound experience with her. Mm. Um, and so it seemed really fitting that we were able to... Now, how were you able to do that? You that That's you that does that. That's right, yes, yeah. yeah. So um, I have had uh, or had a connection with her um, uh, through my time in the States. Yeah. Um, so I was able to um, kind of, you know, get back in, in touch and open up a conversation, which was, um, you know, for all, all three of our um, curators, mm. Lemmy and uh, Brett as well, it was a long-term conversation, um, not only talking through 
what that guest curator role might look like, mm. how it might work for them individually, but then also once they they come on board, talking through you know what kind of events and artists they might like to bring here mm. um, to Wellington. Um, so it's it ha- it was really you know at least a twelve month process. If yeah, I was gonna more. I was just yeah. gonna that was my next question yeah. was what how long from from and it's maybe even a little bit longer from this is who we're thinking of approaching yeah. to you say we're announcing yeah Brett it, is actually going to do it that's yeah. several several months oh absolutely yeah, uh, yeah I would say yeah. um you know just over a year yeah um and lots of conversation mm. lots and lots of conversation and you know all, I think program is programming in general is kind of a lot of circling back you know you head down a path and then for whatever reason that might um you know that might become not an option so you double back and Mm. and kind of spread out and yeah yeah i really felt like we went through that process with all three of them yes i was going to say so you know doing the job that you do and 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 your other colleagues in the festival as Mm. well you're about making things happen and putting things on and you're you're role really is to dream big and mm-hmm. that's what you want to have happen mm. but when you open it up to guest curators how often are you having to say on oh, on oh, no that we cannot we would love to but yeah. we cannot do that do you know, you know we, what logistical nightmares came up we did have to um we did have to kind of say no this one's not possible a couple of times to the curators mm. but actually we have to say that to ourselves on yes. a regular yeah, basis yeah. so not really so that much different it wasn't right. really that different yeah, um, yeah. and it's i guess it's just hard it's just disappointing because you really want to make happen what those artists uh those incredible artists want to make happen yeah yeah it we have really stretched and we've been able to include i feel most of what they were um really hoping and dreaming to be Mm. able to do so i'm pretty proud of that for um i guess the first first time Mm. for all of us Mm. um it really was quite limited in terms of what we had to say oh look we've explored every option and we just don't think we can push ahead because you're setting a real precedent here too you're yeah. you're already no doubt thinking and and maybe even in beginning conversations of mm. who, who do we get next time actually this is a really interesting time for me because um you know we've we've announced this program um and and i am now just uh i had in my schedule for next week to start thinking about who might be our next three curators yeah yeah Um, amazing and you know trying to open up some of those conversations um so we can narrow the field and and get people signed up as soon as possible so we can start having those conversations about possibilities Mm. and um you know exploring those various pathways and um, you know, coming to an agreement around what what we can do in 2022, which just seems crazy, but that's 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 the reality. That's the yeah. reality of the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. amazing. Yeah. And and um, you're more than knee deep into sorting out a jazz festival and the other things as well, do right? Do you like- know <laughs> I am knee deep in jazz um, and really excited about what that's looking like. Like, although. 
um, musicians and their touring plans <laughs> tend to <laughs> confirm much, much later. Right. Um, really kind of, we, we're seeing it happen more and more, I think. They, they're really confirming their plans much closer to the actual dates. So mm. I'm, I'm hoping to have it all locked down by Christmas, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> wow. But, you know, just a little preview. I'm really uh, looking to push a few more female instrumentalists out nice. there on the, the main stage. So nice. that's a, um, a big focus for yeah, next year. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Great. Mm. Um, so should we talk about some of the... Well, let's actually, yeah, let's talk about some of the highlights. Mm. But, and also, and we'll get to this as we, as we go through it, but um, the guest curators, they are in charge of... They've programmed a week each, but that's not everything that's happening in the festival. No, so. that's not everything that's happening in the festival. And, and we also discovered this as as we were working our way um, through pulling the program together, that there were gaps that we mm. needed to fill. So that was um, something which I was really conscious of. Um, but also a really beautiful opportunity to program some um, works and artists that didn't sit within our curators series that responded to them mm -hmm. um, in, in really great ways that I think... I hope will open up connections and conversations for people. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, there are other works um, that sit in and around the curators series. So we're really describing those curators events as a signature series of a few events mm. um, in each week of the festival. And of course, we have expanded the writers program. Yeah, yeah. So now it sits in each week. And also Claire Maybe from Verb yep. Wellington and Lit Crawl, she really um, uh, kind of thought about what our curators were trying to say and achieve and and um, tried to respond to them as mm. well through the mm. writers program mm. so we've really used it I think as a jumping off point um, and I think what it offers people is um, a really kind of easy pathway you know I'm interested in what Lemmy Ponifacio um, thinks that that we all should be uh, experiencing and talking about and, and feeling through art and performance so I'm just going to focus on that or um, you know what did Te Papa's um, curator uh, think about Lemmy's series and and how has she uh, responded to that in a kind of public artwork mm, way mm. Um, you know there's lots of opportunities for people to dig deep or they can just see what jumps out of yeah them. <laughs> yeah yeah so the big opening night thing is the Symphony of Sorrowful Songs. Mm. Do you know this work? I know this work very well. Yeah, I, I said to you off tape that one of my introductions to classical music was seriously orchestral, the hits of <laughs> Phil Collins by the Royal <laughs> Philharmonic Orchestra. I will admit that. But at a, almost exactly the same time, another of my slightly more proper introductions <laughs> to classical music was this work. It's an extraordinary so, yeah. piece, isn't it? Yeah. And I, th I think what I love about it is that um, even if people perhaps don't know the name of the composer or don't know, um, you know, the number of the symphony or its Which is alternative title. Heinrich Goritschke, if I'm saying it Correct. nearly right. I think that sounds yeah. amazing. Cool. I'm really impressed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that they would know the music yes. if they heard it. Um, it, it. You know, it's it is what we call contemporary classical music um, because it was written mm. in the, the late well, second half of the 1900s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it is a really special um, piece of music for Lemmy. So 
he talks about his early career as a dancer and using this piece of music um, uh, uh, in a work, well, in all of his work at that time, just over and over again and responding to this, this piece. Uh, but it really clarified for him after the Christchurch mm. events mm. Uh, in March this year that he wanted to, uh, to present this piece of music uh, on the opening night of the festival with the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra um, as a way of bringing us all together to mark the opening of the festival. It's, um, I think he feels it's a really ritualistic ceremonial mm. piece of music in a mm. way, um, but also for him it really uh, evoked, um, you know, just the horror of what happened and but how we can all come together and, and move yeah. forward beyond that. I've always listened to it as a, uh, you know, it's like a, a sort of tone poem and meditation of very much you know, so yeah. uh, uh, sort of, it's almost a metaphor for uh, for contemplation and then bursting into a creative idea because yes. it's, it's a slow piece yeah. at least to begin with yeah. and you are sort of left there with your thoughts mm. but it's it a, does build and it, it? It, abs- and it builds from the be- yes. you're aware of the build from yeah. the beginning mm. and if, if people want a very cool contemporary way into mm. this there's been a recent recording of it featuring Beth Gibbons yes. from Portishead yes. which is beautiful isn't it stunning it's amazing yes. and that's that's one of those things a bit like what we're talking about yeah. getting people into jazz well yeah. you might not like classical music you might think you don't but yeah. you love Beth Gibbons' voice yeah. so you want to hear her do something different so I people can search that really up I think she really good job I, with it. I do too yeah, I yeah. mean I know I know half a dozen different versions mm. of this um, the, the most famous one I think, and certainly the one I know best is from the mid seventies with Dawn Upshaw. Dawn Upshaw yeah. is, is really, yeah. you know, and the I think one, that's the kind of the, that's yeah. the kind of yeah. go to. Mm. But certainly the the Beth Gibbons one is, mm. is interesting and great, it really and, and is. a good introduction. Yes. For, for modern ears, you know, we're working with um, a Syrian singer mm. called Rasha Risk. Mm. Um, we believe uh, is how you pronounce her. Yep her name um, and we actually worked with our colleagues at the symphony orchestra who did a really kind of broad sweeping um, uh, assessment of the, the worldwide sopranos who've sung this work mm. um, and Rasha's name came up um, and Lemmy was really interested to bring an Islamic voice mm-hmm. into the mix mm-hmm. on this night so again that was a very conscious choice yep. on his part uh, and he and his company Mole are building a ceremonial um, performance at the, the start um, of this event um, so again looking at that kind of building building mm. the tension bringing people together um, and then bre- breaking that tension providing relief for the audience in this extraordinary symphony mm. yeah I think it's it's going to be one of those nights that hopefully people will be talking about saying you know were you there and yeah. we just really don't want people to miss it I came home from the program launch and said to Katie if we are to immediately buy tickets for one thing. It's this, I and think so too. and we did. We bought tickets to a few things, yes. but and you know, I will maybe maybe the festival will give me some tickets to review some things yes. as well. But there was no way I was going to yeah. pause and wait and hope for that. Yeah. I want to be in a good spot that I know I've Absolutely. bought and paid for, and yeah. that I know I'm going. So 
that's one of those things like an early Christmas present and I'm already absolutely amped about that and you, you know you could um, yeah. uh, I love the idea I mean you know we don't buy albums so much anymore yeah. but you know perhaps um, giving tickets and the Beth Gibbons recording yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. Just, just to get just people into it just send someone a link to it yeah, yeah, exactly. now that's fine <laughs> you know as, as part of the yeah yeah, yeah here's your tickets right. and yeah. here's a link to, to something that will give you a clue yeah. as to where you're going with this that's right no I mean it's beautiful I, I, I have never seen it a performance of it so I haven't either you know, I'm, I'm really excited and I've, I've been listening to it for yeah over 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 25 years yeah. so I yeah. am very excited mm. about that mm. so that's a pretty special way to kick off it certainly is and um, and what what else is he bringing in his week that you want to talk about oh look we probably he, can't um, go through no, we can't every go through single everything. thing so um, I think uh, I have to mention that Lemmy is bringing his uh, very good friend and longtime collaborator mm. Peter Sellers mm-hmm. um, and people may know Peter uh, for being quite a controversial theatre and opera director uh, and Lemmy wanted to bring him um, almost um, to be here in residence for the whole of that first, it's a, a week and a half mm-hmm. uh, across that first week of the festival. So Peter's bringing two shows to us um, and the first is an intimate opera uh, called Copernicus um, which is from a French-Canadian uh, Quebecois composer Claude Vivier who's quite whose work is quite um uh elusive in a way Mm. I think um uh quite uh unique curious almost um and this piece is it really looks at the process of passing but uh what what people might find in the afterlife and how those who are left behind can take comfort because Vivier's um perception of the afterlife was that it was beautiful and glorious and um, it contained all of the things that that person was seeking in their Mm. in their living life Um, and so you know we can all rest assured that we're we're passing that person over to a glorious afterlife and I've watched a little bit of a performance of this on YouTube Mm. and I feel like it's this is to opera what say ghost notice to jazz you know it's it's an opera but you've got uh, live instrumentation on stage you've got very contemporary dance and obviously elements of theatre that that go beyond just what's in an opera and the ensemble um, Mm. people may not be aware of them but they are so extraordinary an American a cappella group called Roomful of Teeth which is just a fabulous name Mm -hmm. for a singing group Um, they've uh, won uh, a number of uh, awards including a Grammy um, they commission new work um, all the time they work with some really exciting composers mm. so just having them on the stage uh, and we'll also yeah. be uh, working with them to offer community members uh, a singing workshop which is really exciting so we're just working that through at the moment I know Wellington loves to sing mm. um, so yeah even even just to see them perform I think will be extraordinary mm. um, and the staging of it will be really interesting musicians uh, not just on the stage as you say live music which is always 
just really lifts mm. an opera, mm. doesn't it? Mm. Um, but also placed uh, in the auditorium, mm. you know, through through the audience. Um, so it, it, a really incredible staging. Mm. Um, and I think if I could just mention one other of, of Lemmy's um, mm. pieces, I'd like to mention Faustin Lenyukula, um, who's a choreographer, let's say, but again, as we were speaking of earlier, mm. um, an artist who's working across forms. Mm. And so this piece draws in music, uh, everything from Mozart to Hendrix, um, opera and voice, and then, of course, movement. And Faustin's work, <clears throat> it really explores the trauma of what's happened uh, in his um, native Democratic Republic of the Congo mm. and how that has impacted on him personally, um, you know, his friends, but also artists. Um, and Lemmy sees him as really being a messenger from the front line of that, um, you know, those kind of traumatic events. So you can see something of a theme working mm. its way through mm. Lemmy's program. Um, mm. And... Uh, again, I, I agree with you. I think that moment uh, opening the festival will be so profound and I really yeah. hope people will come out and, for that. And am I, am I right here? As this is an example of something that you've programmed around um, around Lemmy's ideas as this um, Philip Glass, Max Richter performance that features the same conductor, Christian yes. Javi. Um, is that some? Is that something that the festival, like that you have programmed? That's something that I have put together yeah. with Christian. Yeah. So um, we were able to um, secure him to come and conduct mm. the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra for um, the Gretschke, mm. um, and we thought with him being here. Yeah, let's get him to do something else. Exactly. You know? yeah. He's never worked with the um, New Zealand Symphony <laughs> yeah. Orchestra before, so they were really excited and just embraced the opportunity. And Yavi's really known for his interpretations of glass and, and the more yeah. contemporary classical work. Yeah. He um, likes to stage his classical concerts in a very theatrical way. So him and Lemmy coming together around that Symphony of Sorrowful Songs mm. is almost meant to be in a way because they have they both have a very dramatic theatrical perspective uh, on how music should be presented mm. and performed mm. um and so we asked yavi well what program would you like to present if we did a second concert um and glass um was certainly top of the list um now the orchestra tell me after trawling through the archives that they have never performed Philip Glass before. Wow. So I was also super excited yeah. about that opportunity yeah. Um, yeah. and thought, you know, again, Yavi being here, orchestra yeah. hasn't performed Glass, let's make this happen. Um, and then after um, Christian heard of the... Um, I guess the, you know, the rationale and the response to Christchurch that Lemmy was trying to build through yeah. the Sorrowful Songs, uh, he chose um, to couple the glass with um, Max Richter's Infra, which was actually written uh, after the 7-7 bombings mm. in London. So I think, as I was saying, we've got this fantastic event that's kind of bouncing off the ideas and themes yeah, yeah. that Lemmy has created. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, if people can get to both of these and concerts, they'll be amazing. Max Richter does many things, are super prolific, but on one level, you could read some of what he does as being like a next generation version of a Philip Glass. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe like if 
Quentin Tarantino was the next Martin I Scorsese, agree. something yes, like you know, something like that. There's some looks. kind of influence, yeah. isn't yeah, there? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and um, and then we were really pleased that um, Yavi selected glasses Aguas de Amazonia, mm. um, especially with what's happening uh, in that country at the moment, mm. um, and in terms of climate change and the messaging around that. Mm. It's a really vital piece of music as well. I love it, so I can't wait to to experience all of that. You've live. booked a, a festival where. And I mean, this happens a lot, I guess, uh, particularly over recent years. But yeah, there's a lot of subtle and then very strong political yes. implications yes. behind a lot of these performances. Yep. It isn't so much that people have come here to preach, yep. but part of what they're doing is part of taking people away from the fake news hysteria madness is to confront them with a direct response to something. Absolutely, yeah. and I think if festivals are not doing mm. that, then you know we're not really doing what we set out to do. Um, I think, uh, as you say, we have the opportunity to introduce these ideas, um, to initiate conversations, to spark these conversations, to challenge people in a softer way, um, mm. and in a way that's inclusive and brings people together, um, rather than necessarily alienating them um it, it you know it provides ideas facts and emotion all wound together the segues i think rather nicely into talking about kate tempest yeah. being, <laughs> in the, being in the program which is another <laughs> wonderful choice and i think timely given that um her star is such that it's kind of been on the ascend Hasn't from it? the word go yes. but it, she has reached a peak right now. She I'm really sure there has. will be more. I'm, I'm sure, sure it's just be. going to continue to go up. My visionary is a vision. I watch her dancing by the window and it rips my flesh to ribbons. And the whole world is just ripples in the middle distance. I think she might have only been to New Zealand or Wellington anyway one other time. It was a few years ago and I went to it. It was at Bodega, a small bar which yes. no longer exists that was jam-packed yeah. and it was one of the best performances I've ever, ever seen by anyone. I have to agree with you. I saw her at the Sydney Writers Festival, mm. I think three years ago now, um, barefoot on stage. She was on stage by herself and it was simply one of the best performances mm. or experiences I've ever had you know I still feel a bit kind of shivery mm. and mm. electric thinking about her the way that she performs her command of language the way that she can just kind of reach in and and um I don't know squeeze your heart or yeah I don't know I don't, how to describe I it. don't know how old she is and it, it doesn't really matter I think she's in her early 30s yes. maybe getting to mid 30s it doesn't matter but but the reason I bring it up is she's pretty close to working out the human condition, you know, like, which is, which is staggering. <laughs> and she delivers her work with um, such an amazing humanity. You know, she's, she's so uh, aware of and harnessing of her own vulnerability in very the moment. Very much so. That, uh, I think that's a very powerful thing. I think so too. And she really speaks for a lot of people, doesn't she? She, you mm. know, she's, she speaks to her own experience of, um, you know, of growing up and, um, you know, certainly she's, she seems to be, to come from working class uh, England and she just really um, is able to reflect that experience 
um, but in a way that's very universal, which I think is what, what yeah. you're saying. You know, yeah. she's kind of got that Greek theatre, oh, yeah. chorus kind of sage-like yeah. um, presence. Um, she's actually, and we've been able to do this across the program a little bit. Yeah. She's um, performing two, this yeah. gig, um, but then she's also generously agreed uh, to be part of the writer's program. Um, yeah, so she's actually doing the writing thing the night before. That's the Sunday that's right. night. And yeah. then on the Monday night, you can go to the exactly. the actual gig with yeah. a band. So you can you can, uh, you can can do what I've done, which is buy tickets to both. Yes. This is another one that I wasn't yeah. going to miss out on, uh, on the strength of last time. Yeah. Or, you can, or you can choose because some people are a little bit wary of spoken word with music. Sure. Uh, I think she's one of the very best practitioners of it and Agreed. and a reason to check it out yeah. and, and she's cracked the code on yep. that. But uh, if you're actually interested in her in her books and her writing yes. and you just want to hear her speak and read, you have that option. Yeah. On, on the Sunday but evening. That, but it's not going to double up. They're going to be no. two different experiences. Two totally different yeah. experiences on yeah. the Sunday evening. It will just be her um, and we're still nailing down the details but I think it will be more, um, you know, spoken word readings as you say although she doesn't read she just mm, she just yeah them, yeah yeah she just delivers she recites um and then uh, as you say on the monday night um with her um, More of a support concert. band around yeah. her and um you know i guess that kind of glastonbury feel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so there's loads of great youtube clips of yes. her performing yeah um this year her album that she released i think is her strongest yes. album so that's why i say it yeah. at a good time and the there's a book that came out as well mm -hmm. this year of and she's written a play, she's plays prolific. novels yeah, yeah yeah it's unreal yeah. so mm. you can do as much back catalog yeah. research with her maybe she's your next deep diver yeah i think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me about this Into the Open. Oh, so this is the uh, project that we've partnered mm. with Te Papa on. Mm. And really it came from the idea of um, wanting to bring uh, artworks out of that gallery experience and explode them um, into public spaces. And we wanted to make them large scale. So... Mm. Uh, we've actually got five sites along the waterfront and the idea is that you know people who are aware of the project um, can actually make a night of it and and take that journey along the waterfront and um, and take in uh, the five different artworks that are being presented each week of the festival mm. so it's a rotating program which is also great because um, uh, it's running every single night of the festival um, Saturday through Saturday uh, after dark and really gives gives people uh, an opportunity um, you know to access the festival for free yeah I was gonna say so we, need, great. we need to um, remind people that there are free events Absolutely. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and what Emmett has done um, Emma's from the uh, public programs team mm. at Te Papa um, you know she really sat with the each of the guest curators their own creative practice the the series of events that they were putting together and, and she's responded to that through moving image artwork. So all of these um, artworks are moving image um, and, you know, they run anywhere from, you know, 30 seconds to, I think there's one for half an hour. Mm. So you can really kind of sit and take your time. We're projecting on um, the side of the TSB uh, arena, um, the sales of the Michael Fowler Centre, um, the wall of Te Papa uh, and a couple of other uh, sites mm. along the 
pop-up sites along the way mm. um, and I love it I love the idea um, you know that there's an opportunity for people to come and have a festival experience any night for free um, and it's really extraordinary artworks from not just here in New Zealand but all around the world mm. um, a beautiful program I'm super excited about this one mm. Mm, that sounds really cool mm. so Laurie Anderson yeah jump to that because uh, she's someone that um, it, you can't you can't describe her in a sentence. You can't really define her. <laughs> you can't can define you? what she does. No. Uh, if I meet her, if I'm lucky enough to meet her, I'll be getting her to sign my 45 of O Superman, which is one of the things that's yes. most, you know, best linked to her name. Yeah. But I remember maybe a week, a few days after September 11, she had to be one of the very first prominent artists that responded to that. And there was a double live concert CD of a performance she did in the immediate wake of mm. September 11. She's written books, she's made documentaries, she's collaborated as a uh, spoken word artist and a musician across... She was NASA's one and only yeah. artist in residence. <laughs> yeah, so she's worked, she's a violinist, yes. she's uh, worked with, you know, electronics, yep. she's done the, she's worked with the Cronus Quartet, yes. she has, um, and then... Uh, later in her life, uh, she partnered with Lou Reed, yes. and they enjoyed a, a you know a partnership until his death. And yeah. she's honouring his spirit in this um, festival, which is pretty cool. It's really interesting um, to have been talking with her so closely and working with her to put together this series of events. And it's it's not something that she's um, explicitly said, but you can certainly see the influence of. Lou and his work mm. um, really coming through in the work that she's putting together now um, and I think it's really beautiful mm. I think it's an insight into even though they were such separate and individual artists mm. I think they also had a really profound influence on each other creatively oh yeah um, and it's yeah it's it's just really wonderful to see there's two works in particular where she's mm. drawing Lou um, you know she's bringing Lou with her which I think is just an, mm. a, amazing mm. so um, I guess the, now, it's, the been most what, it's been five or six years six I think just he passed six, away in 2013 yeah, so, since yeah, his death. so yeah. six years um, yeah. and but they were working together as early as uh, um, the mid nineties. I think they Maybe were even together before. just over twenty years. Yeah, yeah, that, right? that, that sounds about right. Yeah. He he put out an album in about nineteen ninety five or six yes. that she um, sings and plays violin on, yeah. and I think that was the early stages yes. of their yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. So in a very um, kind of tangible way, um, she's bringing Lou's guitars mm. with her and Lou's longtime guitar technician Stuart Herwood, um, and Lou and it might have been around that time around that album that you're talking about because she talks about this um, that Lou started to experiment with the this drone sound mm. and bringing mm. um, a drone sound into his work um, and so when he passed away she and Stuart set up his guitars in feedback mode mm. um, to create this kind of drone installation mm. um, and she said people responded 
so beautifully and were so grateful um, mm. and connected with it so deeply that they've actually done it a few times since mm. then. Um, and so Stuart's going to do that for us a couple of times for free. That's another mm. one of the free mm. events, which I'm also really grateful for. Yeah. Uh, um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, she's building up over her, her week here to a large-scale concert in the Michael Fowler Centre it's called Here Comes the Ocean. Yeah. And she's taking um, her own and Lou's um, lyrics, texts, and songs about the ocean. Yeah. Both of them were obviously heavily influenced by the ocean. Yeah. Um, and the title comes from a Lou Reed song called The Ocean. Yeah. That's a lyric which um, I think it's on his first solo album, but there are actually... There are actually versions by the Velvet Underground, mm. so it is one of the earlier songs that he wrote. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and she's bringing um, her own string quartet, um, a percussionist that she's worked with um, uh, recently and on a regular basis, Shazad Ismaili, um, and then she's partnering with... Uh, oh, her bassist, Greg Cohen. Oh, he's is, amazing. If, if people go and look in their record collection, they have something yep. with him on it, and they probably have dozens of albums with him on it. I mean, yep. he plays with yep. John Thorne and yep. Tom Waits, yep. and actually Laurie describes him as her music director so yeah, they yeah, conceive yeah. of these concerts yes. um, and then of course the drones will be yeah. backing these incredible artists including New Zealand musicians mm. um, who will be working with her across that week amazing amazing so what else is and so she's also doing uh, she's bringing her dog Yes. concerts which Again, come from the documentary um, that she yeah, made another free event yeah. um, but she talks about uh, loving the opportunity to perform for and connect with different species. Yeah. Um, and she's done uh, this concert for dogs a couple of times before. So we're offering the dogs of Wellington uh, the opportunity to hear a concert by Laurie Anderson and her <laughs> string quartet, which yeah. is pretty amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what a gift. Well, Bowie here beautiful. is going to be... I think Bowie will I be think in the he, front row. I think he, I, I'm a little bit, you know, there's a bit of confirmation bias going on here, but I <laughs> I think he might be one of the stars of the show. I think He's, he'll he really loves wailing yeah, along to records go. and musical instruments. So, <laughs> well, he needs to be there. He might. He might. <laughs> <laughs> he might be the star of the show, or he might he totally might ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> look, I think she'll, you know, look out from the stage and yeah. she'll see Bowie down there, and yeah, she'll give him a little starring role. The first thing that I knew was coming to this festival I was given a little bit of a secret tip off mm. and I kept quiet about it as as, as as people should do when they <laughs> particularly when they're told to and I did is um Rhiannon Giddens who is coming here with Francisco Teresi mm. now he as a percussionist but his side gig is that he's also like a concert pianist and he came to New Zealand he earlier did. this year just a few months ago yeah yes. and I missed it I was out of town I but he too. <laughs> I, I love the record that he made that yeah. he was touring behind it's beautiful yeah. beautiful solo pianist mm. but he is a, a multi-instrumentalist in this role with her he'll be playing percussion mm. she is another one of those people who her biography stretches for days mm -hmm. she is she's a she's you know and you people can have come to her through different ways she's yes. been on um sort of cheesy tv yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the nashville series which people love <laughs> i know she's been on that <laughs> she was in a band that people might know about carolina chocolate drops that's right she's collaborated with people like elvis costello mm -hmm. and those sorts of heavy hitters mm -hmm. um but she's um, making a name for herself as a solo musician mm. now and she's a kind of um, 
you know, if you were hooked on things like Oh Brother, We're Out There and that mm -hmm. music, she's tapping directly into that vein. Very much so. Yeah. Um, she's actually one of my heroes. I think she has a similar ability to Kate Tempest to connect with people's souls. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky enough to work with the Chocolate Drops a couple of times um, when I was living and working in the States, in North Carolina, where they're from. Mm. Um, and you're absolutely right. The, the Chocolate Drops were formed uh, to, I guess, pass down mm. or um, contemporize um, the music of, you know, of their uncles, mm. they, they would say. Um, you know, they would go around and sit on the porches of, of all the, the old guys and learn the old songs. Mm. Um, and she's a multi-instrumentalist as well. Yeah. Her voice yeah. is just something Yeah, if else. she was just a singer, oh. she'd blow your mind. But she's a phenomenal banjo player. Very much Guitarist. So. Fiddler. Yeah. yeah, and she is... Uh, you know, I like this quote that you've included here just from Rolling Stone. Mm. She can write brand new originals that sound decades, if not centuries old. So she also does actually she played those traditional songs she that does. are decades yeah. and centuries old yeah. and um, the album that her and Francesco have put out together which uh, I imagine will be the backbone of yes. all that touring is, is one of the records of the year for me. Agreed. It's amazing. Yeah. So that's going to be just it's a phenomenal high. I, I really do think yeah. that um, you know you, you're kind of hitting them all, hitting the nail on the head there. Rhiannon and Kate and Chosen and Beloved are certainly mm. going to be those nights that people mm. just won't want to miss. The experience of, of seeing them live. But, and I always like this about the festival, which if, and when I, I'm using the word just carefully here, mm. if you just want to go and see a good old rock gig, you know, a band, you can go and see the new pornographers who, who are, are a great incredible. band to go and see. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I've really loved getting back into their music mm. uh, since we were able to confirm them as part of the program. They're, you know, some 20 odd years playing together now. Mm. And I've been delving back into some of their back catalogue, mm. hit after hit. Yeah. But it's it's like pop pleasure, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah. so enjoyable. Yeah. They are all, again, such extraordinary musicians in their own and right. Songwriters, and <laughs> all songwriters. of them, and then when they come yeah. together, it's just like I mean, the, smashing the greatness. The kind of leader of the band is this guy, Carl Newman, AC yes. Newman, and yeah. he's got solo albums worth checking yep. out. And Definitely. he's kind of the principal he singer is. and songwriter. It's sort of his band yep. in that sense. He's the front man, mm. but yeah, you just happen to have Nico Case joining just, in as part of the band most of the time. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh and, and they and they all have other side projects, right. if not solo albums, they're yeah. in other bands. Yeah. And uh so they're uh, um a great they have been here before. Yes. Have they seen have. them. Yes. Um they haven't been here for a while. They haven't been here for a while and they are um they've just released a new album. Yeah. So they're touring off the back of that. Yeah, yeah. Um and I think, you know, them having individual side projects yeah. just makes them stronger when they come back yeah. together. Yeah, so their catalogue is finite enough for you to get your head around it too. Really is, like, yeah. if you just want to study yeah. the new pornographers' mm. albums, yes. and then that's where you're good. You know, if you like this, try this. Yeah. Algorithms and Spotify recommendations yeah. are going to be really helpful to very much so to navigate um, the best of the solo stuff. And you know, as you say, Nico um, yeah. is probably you know the most well known. Yes. Um, so you're really just delving into her works. But yeah. Every single one of them. Um, and AC Newman uh, is yeah. obviously the yeah. star. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Mm. Amazing. Mm. Um, before we get to Brett, is there anything else you want to pick up on that's 
I do want to mention just one other, um, oh, a couple of others, if yeah. you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited uh, about Mom, which is by oh, the, yeah, yeah. Um, the Irish choreographer Michael Keegan Dolan. Yes. The reason that I'm so excited is that this work was actually birthed here in Wellington uh, as, as part of our first um, international artist residency. Mm. And Michael and his company have obviously been here as part of the festival three times over the last decade. Um, so there, that connection was already um, in place. Mm. Um, but Michael has been profoundly impacted by his time here in New Zealand, especially in terms of the reclamation of Māori culture and language. And that's something that Michael's exploring with his own um, traditional Irish heritage. Um, and he just brings together live music and movement like no other. So he's bringing back the Stargaze Ensemble. He's bringing Cormac Begley, who's the most mm. incredible um, Irish concertina player, plus 12 dancers, three of whom were all trained here at the New Zealand School of Dance. And mm. I'm just so proud that he's picked them up from his time here. And um, so they'll tour with the work Dublin, London, Perth, and then on to Wellington, mm -hmm. which is really great for those individual artists. Um, and then just quickly, uh, the other work I wanted to mm. mention also, because I'm super proud of it, is Black Ties. Um, oh, yeah, this looked really cool. It, I loved the the preview video yeah, you showed yeah really uh looks so delightful um it's a collaboration between maori theater company Tarehia and um australia's ilbidri theater company so mm. the first time that a maori and indigenous australian theater company have come together mm. um, in an equal collaboration to make a a piece of music theater um about um you know, two young people from different cultures uh, falling in love yeah. um, and then having to meet each each other's families ahead of the wedding. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, it looks um, funny. And, and yeah, yeah, I think a, a really good time. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Um, and so the third curator yes. is Brett McKenzie. Who needs who no introduction. needs no really. introduction <laughs> and just as well because, again, he's done loads of things. He really has. Uh, but he is... Um, a Wellingtonian. He is. Yeah. Born and bred. That's and right. Also grew up on the festival. Yeah. And so I think he was really, um, you know, just so delighted to be able to be involved and to help shape a week mm. of the festival um, because from my conversations with him, I, um, you know, I've picked up how important the festival was to him growing mm. up. Um, and then as a young artist and, you know, seeing and experiencing different work and different artists um, has really impacted on him. Mm. Um, so that's been very special for us um, to be able to work with him in this way. And he has um, brought us uh, one of the most exciting opportunities in the festival, I think. Yeah, I think this is going to be really cool. I agree. Um, uh, a collaboration with the National Theatre in London, you know, one of the best theatre companies in the world. And they've actually commissioned him to write the music and lyrics for a new music theatre adaptation of a George Saunders novella, which has the very long title of The Brief and Frightening Reign of Phil. Yeah. And is a fabulous read. And again, um, kind of crossing over into the writer's program, off the back of this, we were able to secure an hour with George live from New York. Unfortunately, yeah. he couldn't be with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's really excited about this work as well. And what Brett's done, um, because it's, it's still a work in progress with National, uh, he's bringing over the director the playwright, the designers, 
uh, and a couple of performers mm. um, from the UK. And then he's put together a team of Wellington musicians, performers, singers who'll workshop this piece for two weeks and then we'll do work in development showings. So not only a great opportunity for the audience to mm. see something before it even premieres, but for all of those Wellington artists, mm. the opportunity to work on a national theatre show, um, you know, as it's being developed, is just amazing. And that was one of Brett's cornerstones uh, mm. of his series. He really wanted to provide the opportunity, um, a festival opportunity for New Zealand artists, but also the opportunity for New Zealand artists to mix and collaborate with international artists. Mm -hmm. mm. And then again, he's put on this thing called the Weta Digital Season of Late Night Gigs. So That's this right. is this is. Uh, you know, if anything's sounding a little bit too intense or advanced for people that just want to go and see a show, yeah. a person they may have heard of play yeah. some music, they can do that as well. And this is a nice little program, Nadia, because people are um, uh, debuting yes. new material. So That's Nadia right. Reed's going to give a preview of her yep. brand new, as yet unreleased album. That's right. Which I think must be album number four. I think so, and I think it's actually due out next month. Right. Okay, maybe. so it might be out um, right. So don't quote me on that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, it certainly will be the first time that she's the, performing that's right. live. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes it better actually because people does, people it? will actually be able to, to know the material. Brett but really she loves is an, Nadia, and she's an amazing. Yeah, she is amazing. And again, he wanted to give um, these artists the opportunity to have, um, I, I guess, to reach a new audience through the festival through mm. a festival platform um, and uh, so you know we've created a stage in Shed 6 um, and you know we'll, we'll be bringing a whole bunch of people along to not just see Nadia Reed, but Astaire has a new album mm. um, and this is quite a um, theatrical staging of, of this work of hers um, and she's much loved here but again yeah. just giving her a festival moment Yes. Um, and then uh, she Shades of Shakti um, is a really important uh, experience to Brett. Um, Justin Firefly Clark is a, uh, obviously a friend and collaborator yep. of his, yep. and he really loves um, this melding of, um, you know, this uh, almost uh, kind of jazz-inspired uh, sound oh, with, yeah. with the Indian, um, traditional this, Indian instrumentation. So this is an actual album, which I know well, um, John McLaughlin, mm. an amazing jazz guitarist, mm. uh, collaborated with some Indian musicians, made a band basically and an album called Shakti, mm. and it, yeah, it's a fusion of classical Indian music yes, and, and jazz fusion that's and right it's amazing and yeah. I love that record so they're basically going to he's, Justin's put this ensemble together yes. to essentially pay tribute to that album and that that's style that's right yeah and then um, um, uh, yeah. bringing um, uh, Sangeet Mishra over from India yeah to you know to perform to um, yeah yeah and uh, yeah I think it's a great series and as you say uh, you know if people just want um, something kind of I was going to say light and easy, and that's not exactly what I mean, but just, you know, something that, that they can come along and step into and connect with instantly yeah, that's right. and just enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really excited about this next one too. Yes. We've also bought um, tickets to this because I, f I kind of feel like it might be this festival's version of something like that home show, yes. which I loved. Yeah, you know, last that was festival. a beautiful yeah. piece. 
and um, you know these guys are amazing we're talking of course about slapstick um, that's the name of the company and mm. the name of the show mm. um, and I think what's incredible uh, first of all about the group uh, is that they come from a musical background mm. so mm. they actually all studied jazz we mm. keep coming back to jazz don't mm. we it's mm. so cool um, they all studied jazz they can play between them over a hundred instruments Wow and they started off touring the Netherlands as a jazz band, mm, mm. a jazz group. Uh, and um, actually they had a female lead singer and they ended up um, creating this kind of banter, teasing banter around this poor woman mm. um, who eventually left the group. But I think what the guys <laughs> decided was that, that they really loved bringing humour and theatricality into their performance. Mm. Um, and they're really inspired by um, the likes of Charlie Chaplin and Laurel and Hardy. And so they created this show now, they've been touring the Netherlands for 20 years and wow. they're kind of superstars. Yeah. People just flock to their yeah. their performances. And then a couple of years ago, in 2017, they thought, oh, we'll just give it a go at the mm. Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Of course, it went off. Mm. And so now the rest of us are starting to wake up to <laughs> this group who've been around forever. Yeah, but, yeah. I feel like it's going to combine. Like, it's got all the sort of... Um, you know, slapstick yes. moments and and, yeah. and visual, visual comedy pratfalls, yeah. and yeah. so Charlie yeah. Chaplin, Buster yeah. Keaton, Laurel Hardy. But musically, it'll have things like sort of if people know the Tiger Lilies, yes. that sort of stuff, Very like much that so. really kind of. Yeah. busking yes. on the spot styled, yeah. Yeah, yeah. switching instruments um, you and, know, really yeah. kind of intriguing sounds um, and yeah, masterful musicians mm. but presented in a completely different mm, way mm. Yeah. I think that'll be great. Am I right in thinking that one of the really big shows in terms of uh, probably selling out really quickly is this Aldous Harding triple bill? Yes, you are Purple, Purple, <laughs> Purple Pilgrims, Wise Blood and Aldous Harding I have Absolutely. to be careful here, I wasn't very kind about an Aldous Harding album so I'm also I'm sort of real realistic that I'm not really allowed to comment um, <laughs> but I love I actually really love the new album yes. the most recent one I think it's great but yeah. I think people wouldn't believe me if I said that so <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm just going to put it there rather than in print I, yeah. I, I don't want to sound disingenuous no. I, genu I genuinely think it's a, it's a warm and lovely album and I haven't I haven't felt that before but I have been at one of her shows and seen people be blown away yeah. by her so she's I obviously yeah. great I think you know obviously she's really um, you know, hitting her stride and, and developing as an artist at the mm. moment. She's had such extraordinary mm. success. What I love about this, though, is that this is a festival oh, lineup. Yeah, totally. You know? I this saw Purple Pilgrims at the start of this year, and they're really good. Oh, aren't Great, they? yeah. You know, and they've got. I mean, I, I didn't know anything about them, so they're sisters. Yes. Uh, and they're local, but they they've got a following all around the world. They now. do. Yeah. Um, and I think. All three of these acts, mm. you know, four four women on stage, mm. um, not together. Um, yeah, but, yeah. You know, just in their terms, own in terms yeah. of this lineup um, situation, I think it's just that you know the most ex amazing experience. All that kind of sublime indie folk sounds, mm. um, and you know, you and I were talking about Wise Blood, and, yeah. and just that voice. That's the other thing I have to be careful about because I, I recognise Elders Harding as the as the top billing mm -hmm. here, and and deservedly. But uh, yeah, I don't want to undermine that position. Mm. But Wise Blood, which is a woman named Natalie Mearing who mm. who has created this entity, and she has a band mm. that she travels with as Wise Blood. Mm. 
I, I think she's extraordinary. Absolutely. If the show was just her, I would go to it just yes. for her. The, the fact that it's something for everyone, yeah. this giant bill is great. Mm. But uh, her album she put out this year, Titanic Rising, mm. is very close to my album of the year. I it's think in I'd the top have to agree three or four on that. I'd yeah, it's right up there for me. Yeah, well. and she. It says here, recalling Karen Carpenter and Carol King. Well, I think Karen, Karen Carpenter particularly, she has the yeah. the vocal tone and some of the arrangements, the strings on the mm. album. But um, I also get a, a, a hint of um, like Father John Misty. I think mm. there's something really funny yeah. and clever and literate yeah. in the lyrics that yeah. reminds me of some of the stuff that he does. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I just like... I just think that's an extraordinary piece of work. Go back to a time when I. So many um, influences there, um, but you know her own sound, um, despite the similarities uh, in terms of tone, mm. Karen Carpenter in particular. But yes, I I'm really excited about that evening, um, and uh, Brett in particular um, mm. is a huge Wise Blood fan, so mm. Mm. we were really excited to be able to put that together. Yeah, that's now I know she has been to New Zealand before, but yes. I think maybe only Auckland or Auckland and Christchurch. I'm not I'm sure not if she came here. I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah. but you know, I, but it's certainly been a couple of years since she was here, yeah. and as good as her previous records are, it's a it's yeah. a situation where this new one absolutely, if you're going to dive in, this yeah. is the one to go to first. And you're absolutely right; it's selling fast. Yeah. So we'd really encourage people to get on top of yeah, that one. Mm. Yeah. Um, I you can choose something else, but I'm certainly excited to hear about this Strasbourg for Fantastic. Well let's talk about Strasbourg. Um, mm. and what I love about um, this uh, is that where um, the festival has supported two Wellington-based artists uh, and their ensemble, uh, mm. and I'm talking about, of course, Lucy Marinkovic and Lucian Johnson and the Borderline Arts Ensemble, mm. um, and I am just so excited that we were able to help them um, in the development of this new work of theirs, mm. which follows on from Lobsters in 2017, I think. It was, and for me, that was one of the best pieces I saw that year. Here, um, I loved uh, that that piece. There's something about the the form of dance theatre um, that I think uh, Lucy is exploring in a very exciting way, and mm. with Lucian's live music sitting around mm. that, mm. Uh, it's fantastic. But this work is inspired by a dancing plague uh, that took place in Strasbourg in the early 1500s. Mm. Um, and there are, you know, many, um, I guess, theories as to why it happened, but I think what Lucy and Lucian are really exploring is, um, you know, this kind of inherent... Uh, need to express oneself and you know how does that that how does that play out how does yeah. that come out is it in the form of mania or you know can it be controlled um, uh, and used for good but yes yeah, certainly there were quite a number of deaths from this dance epidemic um, and what is wonderful is that she is bringing Michael Parmenter back onto the stage mm. um, and uh, I'm just so excited to see him perform as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it absolutely sounds amazing. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure we've, we've already booked our tickets for that one oh, as good. well. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, should we do a little bit of stuff about the writers? We've yeah. mentioned it in brief. But, um, <laughs> absolutely. It's really cool because it's, uh, it's, A, it's an extended program. Yes. B, you've got the 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 top gun in the country onto it with um, absolutely. getting clear over from yes. her amazing Lit Crawl Now Verb Festival to That's also right. programming this. So it couldn't really go wrong. But also some great 
local yes. authors, which is always an important feature of any yep. festival, and particularly the writers and readers. Mm. Are you looking on the here? You've got some big names out of the, you know, Elizabeth Knox, Elizabeth Knox, Woody O'Hara, you know, Wesley, and, Justin yeah. Patton, yeah, um, of course. And then you know these um, extraordinary writers, as you say, yeah, are being joined by some super exciting voices. Mm. Um, from all over the world. Um, yeah. Chigozi Obioma um, from Nigeria. Um, his book is uh, just, um, you know, such an incredible insight into, I guess, contemporary faith. Yeah. Um, but Claire said he's he's just the most uh, charming and, and lovely person um, in real life. Um, Jung Chung, of course, from Wild Swans. Um, and uh, she's talking about her new work, Big Sister, Little Sister, Red Sister. Um, oh, my goodness, I could go on. George Saunders, we've talked about, yeah. um, of course, and we were so excited to be able to connect with him, especially given the National Theatre Connection. Mm. Um, the first Omani woman to have her work translated into English. She also won the book International, Jokar Al-Hathi. Um, and we also have... Uh, I'm interested in this one, the yeah. um, Poet Laureate, because I, I, don't, I haven't read her work yet, but no. I read about her mm. in, in Time magazine a while ago, mm. and she sounds fascinating. I, I think we're so fortunate mm. to be bringing her here. So this is Joy Harjo mm. that we're talking about, and she's the first Native American um, to be awarded the US Poet Laureate role. Mm. Um, and we're also being joined by the US Youth Poet Laureate, Cara Jack, in the first week yeah. of the festival. Um, so, so many, I guess, well, exciting, and I, diverse voices. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. put a plug in for, because um, I've just finished reading and reviewing it, but Lindy West, mm. who wrote uh, her memoir, first of all, that was turned into a, a, a TV show yes. called Shrill, yeah. which I've only seen bits of the show. It mm. looks great, because uh, it's got Aidy Bryant in it, who's great. You know, yes. w- watch that anyway. But this new book of her, uh, Witches Are Coming, is a book of columns. It is hilarious. Yes. She is so funny. She is. But it's more than just hilarious. It's very, very biting and profound. It's yes. a very strong set of arguments um, against Trump, yes. against a lot of what's wrong in the world yeah. in terms of politics, and then also for the... Um, you know, the de- I guess, to put it crudely, the development of taking women seriously yes. is a big theme of hers. Very much the so. The fact that, that that sadly is a conversation yeah. that still needs to, that is still in in, in the works. It's, um, you know, it still needs to take place. And yeah. I, I, I guess especially when you put it within the context of Trump's America as well. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm framing it like that because she'll create an essay around the idea of is Adam Sandler funny or not Mm. and so it's a very funny piece of writing Mm. and she sort of names and shames Mm. herself as like a lot of people as a fan of the early Mm. silly comedy because it's age and stage and time and place but then she'll just very subtly twist the knife to explore the fact that this is the ultimate of like a a sit on his ass and fail upwards male situation (laughs) and so she does all of this 
well, I was going to say without an axe to grind. Actually, she's got a major axe yes. to grind, but she and I she, think it's she, great. she grinds it hilariously <laughs> and beautifully. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a wonderful book. It's one of my favourite books of the year. So I think, and she's just so funny. So yes. I think that's going to be a, a real highlight. Yeah, and I, and we're really hoping that by spreading the writers' program mm. across the three weeks, that yeah. people will be able to connect with it more. Yeah, um, because smashing it into a few days yes. in within the context of a larger festival um, made it quite difficult to get a lot. Yeah. see as much as you would like to um, and to hear from these extraordinary people so um, yeah she's top of my list as well yeah for sure. yeah no yeah. it's I, I, I you know doesn't happen often but um, I finished the book and you kind of want to just turn around and start reading yeah. it from the start yeah. because it, it's just a, a great episodic yeah and a great summer holiday read yes. for people to if they want to you know be on top of yeah. the book before they go and see the thing which Absolutely. is a good thing to do yeah. great kind of um, thing to read over Christmas yeah. you can pick it up put it down Definitely. and um, just and probably find yourself ripped through it in a day yeah. or two we were really excited um, Claire you know she just um, put all her energy and focus into uh, confirming the entire writers program in time for the November yeah. launch and I'm excited because it gives people that opportunity to read before yeah, that's these right. extraordinary voices actually get here yeah yeah because yeah. otherwise Otherwise, you're, you're playing catch up that's and right. you're thinking, yeah. oh, well, and I can't go to that because I haven't. Yeah, and like you say, you know, you can listen to some of the the albums of the musicians yeah. who are coming, but you can also pick up a book and, and yeah. have a read of yeah, yeah. Um, some of these amazing ideas. So it's got a lovely feel to it, this program, like what you've put into it. Um, I'm, I'm massively into it, as hopefully you can Thank tell. You. Um, I've got um, notes in the program for things that you know a second round of, yes. of ticket buys and a, and because <laughs> this is all well uh, yeah I haven't even actually looked at trying to schedule yeah. <laughs> if I can get to these things I've yeah. just done the impulse of yeah. I have to go to that I and then I'll miss that I'll work yeah. I'll work the routine yeah. around that that's been the first pass mm. and then now over Christmas it's time to sort of look through yes. and uh, and and kind of strategize it a bit yeah um Anything else you want to bring up about this? No, I just am so looking forward to seeing everyone at the festival. Mm. Oh, I did want to raise something because you said earlier that you, you know, you'd love to connect with Laurie. Mm. And I wanted to let people know that all three of our curators will be really present during mm. their weeks. Mm. Um, and so if you do want to connect, I think that there will be the opportunity to, you know, to say hello, to cross paths. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you know, just come along to to their events. Um, they'll be there. Yeah. Um, and they are all three the kind of artists and people who love to connect. Yeah, they're so, lifers, right? They're yeah. in the, they're in the arts That's for life. Right. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I've heard that about asking. I've heard that about Laurie Anderson yeah. before. Yeah. She is there. She's, She'll just be She's you just know? such a real person mm. in a way, with this most extraordinary heart and mind. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And she she takes us to places that we just can't get to on our own. But then when you meet her in the street, she's so delightful. So you've created a, a, a wonderful, exhilarating challenge for yourself. Um, <laughs> yes. you know, matching follow up the, matching this level of uh, talent for yes. your curators and for your programming for the next yeah. festival well as I said I'm, I'm about to <laughs> turn my mind to it and I'm hoping that we can find another three extraordinary artists that people will be really excited yeah. about wow yeah. hey well as always it's a pleasure to have a chat about the arts Such particularly with you thank yeah you. awesome thank yeah. you have a good do you get much of a break <laughs> do you know we're going to have um, a couple of weeks of downtime yeah. Yeah. Um, between Christmas and 
the new year so just around that time and then we'll really start to ramp up from there but it's just about kind of waiting for people to get back online Mm, uh, mm. after their christmas and new year break Mm. um but no it'll be a busy summer but it'll be exciting yeah yeah drank a lot of coffee today got lost in the fray i gave all i had for a time then by some strange design i got a case of the empties the ruler of my world a lost forgotten